Good morning and welcome to Inside Redeemer with Jerry Wilbanks. Today is Sunday, November the 24th, 2013. Our Sunday worship service is being broadcast from inside the Redeemer Lutheran Church located at 5700 Lawndale Street in Houston, Texas. The Reverend Grant Housewright will deliver the Holy Gospel for today and Lector Bill Anderow will read today's scripture readings. The music is provided by choir director Nancy Housewright. Choir members Sandy Weissey and Iris Cruz will be singing a special arrangement of the song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. Our Sunday worship services begin at 10.30 a.m. On our Sunday morning broadcast, we always like to acknowledge our Redeemer family shut-ins and give a big old shout-out to let you all know that we're thinking about you and we have you in our hearts and in our minds. Our love goes out to each and every one of you. Hello, Mary Margaret Rerick, Ruvella Eckelman, Edith Owens, Laura Thack, Marie Piracy, Charles Vogt, Phyllis Edelman, Marion Cook, Wanda Harris, Joan Olson, Gladys Fritch, Victoria Carr, and the Reverend William Putman. We love you all and God bless you all. Good to see everybody today. I'm so glad you're here. It's a great day. A wonderful day. Joshua E. Preto Jr.'s parents, Joshua and Guadalupe, are waiting anxiously to see the Holy Spirit shine today as we baptize one of the handsomest little kids I've ever seen in my entire life. But they are everywhere. I don't know where that happens, but every little kid is as handsome and as beautiful as can be. And then you look like me later on. <laughs> it's good to see everybody. So glad you're here. How is the young man doing this morning? You doing okay, pal? Uh-huh. Yeah, you pushed me away, huh? Good to see you. You guys look great. I'd like to just make a couple of extra announcements if I may. And, and I will. <laughs> we are so glad also that Samantha Medina is here and Martin Trevino is here because they are the godparents of this great little kid. Thank you very much for coming. We also want to remind everyone that there is a reception following the worship service today. Yes. Am I too loud? We'll see about that. Uh, there is a reception following the baptism today, so please uh, enjoy yourself. And we thank the family for uh, providing us with cake and punch and all the good stuff, and especially the fellowship that we need, that we need and we pray for and desire so badly in this world. However, there are a few choir members that we have with us today who are choired and required to come back after that reception to uh, rehearse for the cantata for this season. And there are only a few weeks left, of course. So choir members, you have 90 seconds to go back there, grab your cake and your punch, and get back there. Get back to the sanctuary for a rehearsal. Maybe 100 seconds, but that's just about it. And before I forget, 
I want to make sure, and I think all of us would wish this for one another, that this coming Thursday and this weekend and the holidays, which are starting now because so many children are off now this whole week from school, a lot of traveling, a lot of things going on. So please, please, please stay safe. And you're in my prayers. There is a sign-up sheet on one of the podiums there regarding signing up for poinsettias uh, for this Christmas. So please remember to sign up there, right there where uh, Mr. Hugo is standing. Yes, and Edna certainly needs to have that sheet because she'll be ordering those things, those poinsettias, soon. This coming, a week from today is December 1st, and on December 1st, we're going to be decorating the Christmas tree in the fellowship hall. And the young people, all young people, are asked to please, invited to please come help decorate the tree. Uh, Priscilla, do you want to add to that? Only that we're going to have breakfast with Santa on the 7th. That's coming up, so we're going to be... Breakfast with Santa... On All the 7th, starting at 9 o'clock. Starting at 9 o'clock, December 7th. It's a Saturday. It's a Saturday a week from yesterday, and I believe. It's a great time to bring your kids, your grandkids. We take pictures, and the pictures are wonderful. They're as good as you can get, and, we're, and it's all free. So. <laughs> yeah, all free. That's, You're welcome. Besides seeing Santa, that's the best part. Here in the Fellowship Hall, 9 a.m., December the 7th. Breakfast with Santa. Uh, let's see. Uh, Patty had an announcement. Nancy has an announcement. Patty, you go. There's also a sign-up sheet back here. If you uh, would like to join us on Wednesday, December 18th, we're going to meet here at the church about 1030 and then carpool to Brady's Landing for our, uh, our annual Christmas lunch. Everybody's welcome. Dutch treat. Uh, if you have any questions, call Madeline Campbell. Thank you. I was just going to ask in a prayer request for my husband for Pastor Grant for his cataract surgery tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then I'll find out who you people are when I'm done with that. <laughs> oh, thank you, sweetheart. Yeah. All right. Yes, Helen. Um, I have an announcement. Uh, I talked to Pastor, and last year we did our first La Posada. It was very small. We actually uh, turned a few heads in the neighborhood as we walked through the streets with the cross, and we had Mary and Joseph. So I don't want to lose that momentum for our, uh, for our church organization because we have a strong culture here. And so uh, I'm very interested in um, those people that would like to help volunteer for that. Um, again, we don't have a date because it just depends on when people are available. But what we want to do is that we want to um, keep it going. Um, we may not, you know, parade throughout the entire uh, neighborhood like we did last year, but um, with the cold weather um, among us. So uh, those of you that are interested... Or if you have a few minutes, if you can come and just let me know if you're interested. We can try to get a meeting together maybe during the week or um, on a Saturday in the very near future. Okay? Thank you. Any other announcements? Walter has an announcement. I'm just realizing that if next Sunday is the first, 
then that means that December will have five Sundays in it. So I want to just remind people to send, put in their um, requests for Favorite Hymn Sunday on the 29th. Okay, then I have to address that because the Favorite Hymn Sunday this particular in December is not going to be the fifth Sunday because we're off. And so uh, Edith Langdon is going to be playing that Sunday. I don't think she'd appreciate me saying, guess what? (laughs) 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 Yeah, exactly. Second Sunday of January. Second Sunday of January. We really do thank Edith for volunteering to play the piano that day and uh, Bobby Maxwell for delivering the sermon that day. And so far, so good. Uh, on Rob Work's schedule. I'm sorry? Oh, Bobby said don't tell anybody because then nobody will come. But I'll tell you what, Bobby, with a reading voice like yours, yes, they will be here. And Rob Work will be leading the, uh, uh, the other portion of worship. So far, it's, it's okay, we'll get someone. We talked last week, and he said, I'm not sure, so I jumped the gun. We will have someone lead worship that day. Okay, any other announcements? I'm glad you're here. And I appreciate all the laughter this morning. It's really what we need to have in this cruel world. We've got to keep laughing, because we are the island of Jesus Christ's followers right here in this place. And that needs to make us even more happy than ever. So a few more laughs are pretty good. Oh, I got a laugh for you. Today's the best sermon I ever preached. Okay. That's a laugh. Well, okay. At this time, we're going to spend a few moments in silence for reflection of how grateful we are to be God's children. At this time, would the young people please come forward? Here we go. Well, they they march up here. We are marching to Pretoria. You hit your back on there, see? All right, here comes some more. I knew it. I knew he'd be here. Look how he's directing him with his shoulders. All right. How you doing? Good. Are you awake? Are you tired? Are you tired? Are you awake? No. So many people today are constantly tired. We hear people all the time saying, how are you doing? And they'll say, I'm tired. Hold her back, Andrea. Hold her back. Okay. You're a month older than her. You ought to be able to do that. Okay. So sometimes... We work so hard, you know. We work hard in school. And sometimes we stay up later at night because we have homework to do. We're helping mom and dad do this and do that. Help with the dishes, help with this, help with that. Constantly. Okay, that's good. Thank you. And um, (laughs) so sometimes we need to rest, right? So we get to rest. (sighs) And maybe you rest with a stuffed animal. Do you have your favorite stuffed animal to rest with? No? Mm -mm. I have a panda. No, I don't. I used to when I was a little kid. It's important for us to work hard in this world. But it's also very important to rest in this world. 
at the very beginning of the Bible, the very first page of the Bible. You go home, open that thing up and read that. God created the world. Okay? On the seventh day, he rested. God wants to rest, wants us to rest too. We have to take time for our bodies to get strong again. We can't work all the time. We have to relax. We have to rest. We have to watch Oklahoma beat Baylor the way they did last night. You know, we have to do these things, okay? You ever tried to write a sermon and watch a football game at the same time? Do not try it. It doesn't work. A friend of mine in Kansas City called, what are you doing? And I told him, he said, and he's the choir director for his church, and he said, I'm practicing my songs trying to watch, no, Mike and Molly. He said, it doesn't work. Off track. God wants us to do two things. Work hard for him and rest when we have to rest. It's okay to rest. It's okay to take a short nap. It's okay to work hard. It's good for our heads. It's good for our hearts. It's good for our souls and our brains and our faith. Okay? All right. Now, let us pray. Lord God, be with these beautiful children. And I ask you to stay with them. Stay with them always, I pray. Say amen with me. Amen. Thank you. You may return from whence you came. The bright green hymnal, the uh, celebration hymnal is the one we're using today. Our first one is number 78. Please stand. From the one who is, and who was, and who is to come, and from Jesus Christ, the first fruits of the resurrection, grace and peace be with you all. Toward the bottom of page four, let us pray together. O oh God, our true life to serve you is freedom, 
and to know you is unending joy. We worship you, we glorify you, we give thanks to you for your great glory. Abide with us, reign in us, and make this world into a fit habitation for divine majesty. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated for the readings, and the children are excused for Sunday school. Good morning. First reading this morning is from the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people. It is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doing, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, And he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Please read responsibly with me from Psalm 46. It's on page 5 in the bulletin. God is our protection and our strength. He always helps in times of trouble. So we will not be afraid even if the earth shakes. Or the mountains fall into the sea. Even if the oceans roar and foam. Or the mountains shake at the raging sea. There is a river that brings joy to the city of God. The holy place where God most high lives. God is in that city and so it will not be shaken. God will help her at dawn. Nations tremble and kingdoms shake. God shouts and the earth crumbles. The Lord all-powerful is with us. The God of Jacob is our defender. Come and see what the Lord has done. Amazing things he has done on the earth. He stops wars everywhere on the earth. He breaks all bows and spears and burns up chariots with fire. God says, be still and know that I am God. I'll be praised in all the nations. I'll be praised throughout the earth. The Lord All-Powerful is with us. The God of Jacob is our defender. Our second reading this morning is from the letter of Paul to the Colossians, the first chapter. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from His glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything that patient, with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transfigured us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones 
or dominions, or rulers, or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of the cross. Please rise. The Holy Gospel for this day is written in the Gospel according to the Gospel of the 23rd chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. Today, my friends, this is how it reads. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There is also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. seated please. Again, it's good to see everybody today. Today we're going to take a look at our gospel and the verse that we'll be looking at is the um, last verse of the first paragraph, verse 38. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. 
Grace and peace be to you from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will guide you today and always to all things that are good and pure. Amen. Today we come to the end of uh, the church year. The church year ends with Christ the King Sunday. It's always that last Sunday before we begin our journey toward Christmas. Next Sunday being the first Sunday in Advent. We'll have the four five candles, the wreath up here and ready to go. And as we come to the close of the church year in Christ the King Sunday, we celebrate this wonderful festival today, Christ the King. It proclaims the Lordship over all. And even though there was that sarcastic sign Inscription above Jesus' head on the cross. They didn't know how right they were. This is the King of the Jews. It's the festival of Christ the King. And many other denominations call it different things. But basically that's what it is. And it means this. That Jesus is Lord. The image of the invisible God. That that's how God made himself known to us. In Jesus. The language of today's lesson is straightforward. It is particular. It is intentional. And it is absolutely unmistakably clear. He is the image of what is invisible. Without Jesus on this earth, we would never have known what God is like. Of the many different ways that we can approach this text this morning, we'll just unpack a few things. These extraordinary claims that we hear, try to make them relevant to us in this, in this 21st century, in the year 2013. And we try to make these scripture lessons come to us um, in a relevant sort of way. And we try to make them come to not just come to me, Relevant, and not just be relevant to you, but to be relevant for all people out there and all folks in the universe, in the cosmos. Even those who don't claim to be disciples and created beings of God, God watches over. And we try to make a world relevant for them as well. For Christ is not simply my Lord and Savior or or yours. Christ is the Lord and Savior of all. This is what today Christ the King confesses. He is the image of the invisible God. The word behind image, or another word that you can use for the word image, is icon. And in these times in our computer age, icon makes just as much sense when we see that word as the word image does. An icon makes visible that which is otherwise invisible. He is the manifestation of God in the flesh, and 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 flesh and blood, so that flesh and blood might know beyond the shadow of a doubt who God is and what God is about in this world and what God wants us to do in this world. If you want to know God, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God wants to do, watch Jesus and follow what Jesus does. But as an icon of the invisible, he is more 
than simply what God looks like. Jesus is much more than what God looks like. Jesus is the vehicle that you and I need to wrap our arms around so that we can enter into God's eternal presence through the baptism of our young ones, our beautiful young ones, and the handsome young one today, our new friend Joshua. That is what icons do for us. That icon of Jesus is going to transport this young man into the reality that we try to point to on his behalf as he begins his life as a Christian. When you click an icon on your computer, you are taken into a whole new world. A program opens up to you and you find yourself transported to whatever that icon represents. In a religious sense, in a liturgical sense, in a liturgical sense means what you and I are doing today. We are focusing on the icon of Jesus who opens up everything to us in what we need to know about our God. So when you look upon the many beautiful icons of Christ, you find yourself drawn into the heart of Jesus Christ. This is what the church confesses about Jesus Christ. He is the only Christ of God. He is the one through whom you and I can be drawn into all goodness, into, all of the, uh, into the very, very presence of the invisible God, the icon of God, the image of God. He is the one who holds the entire cosmos together, no matter what we see and hear and experience in this sometimes very, very, very hard world in which we live. He holds this world together no matter what. And we listen to that affirmation very, very carefully. As long as we have taken our time to even come here today, hopefully having some sort of substance or something to think about and something to take with us as we leave this place. It tells us, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that the world is not under the control of national leaders, no matter what we say and no matter what we think. National leaders who are thirsty for power. The most up-to-date weapons not controlling the world. The world is not controlled by nuclear weapons or weapons otherwise, or those crazed religious zealots who would rather cut off the heads of others in the name of their God, or even commit suicide to protect their goals or to, um, to um, pursue their goals. What holds this world together is not the survival of the fittest and not the one who has the most toys underneath the Christmas tree on Christmas morning. Not the unending cycle of violence that has taken place ever since uh, Cain murdered his brother Abel and all the hatred that we see in today's world, nor even the continuing biological uh, uh, cycle of birth, life, death, decay, rebirth, as we see in nature. What holds this world together as we celebrate Christ the King Sunday, we are reminded that the world is held together by the power of God. And the world is held together by the life force of the one who created this, uh, this world, redeemed this world on the cross, and continues to hold it together today on the 24th of November of 2013. 
The cosmos belongs not to us, but it belongs to Christ. And you know, nothing is going to be able to wrestle that cosmos away from him. In him, all things hold together. Now you see, that makes Christ the head of the body. The head of the body of people who are here today. The head of the body of people who can't be here today. The head of the body of those who refuse to be here today. Christ is the head of the church. Not just the Orthodox Church, not just the Roman Catholic Church, not the myriad of all the Protestant churches, the mainline churches, the free churches, the evangelical churches, the the Pentecostal churches. He is the head of all those churches together. He is the head and present in each of us who faithfully proclaim the Word, the two works of the church, proclaiming the Word of God and celebrating the sacraments. Those are the two marks of the true church. I'd like to suggest another mark of the church. Where women and men not only hear Christ speak to them, present in the water today for Joshua, present in the bread and wine as we take communion, but make Christ present in this world as they bear him faithfully in their daily living. Knowing, knowing that somewhere out there a God exists and then turning around on Monday and deciding you're going to live as you know God exists. To know it and to make your decisions based upon that belief and that faith, that's what brings it all together. No matter what denomination we happen to be. The church as a body of Christ comes together as a living presence. Vibrant, living organism in this world when you and I bear Christ in our places of worship. In the many places that God has called us to be in our Monday world. You are Christ. You are little Christs. Because you are the children of God. And brothers and sisters of Christ in your office, in your house, in your apartment, in your neighborhood... As you parent your children and rock that child back and forth as you are doing. You are Christ when you take care of that little one. You are Christ in all your associations. You are Christ in all the things, uh, all the relationships that you are a part of, public and private. Each of us has put on Christ in the waters of baptism And we live and we breathe, we have our being in that identity, and we listen to the Word of God so that we know what to speak and what to watch out for and who to help as we leave this place. You and I are called to be Christ's for others, seeking reconciliation where there is destruction, where there is alienation, seeking healing where there is brokenness. Brokenness in the church. Brokenness in this nation. Brokenness in this world. This is our mandate and this is our mission. And this is what our faith calls us to do. So those who dare, those who dare to claim the name of Jesus Christ are to heal divisions and to restore life and seek nothing more than the pinnacle of peace. For you see, Christ not only saves souls, but he desires that souls be recognized 
that, that souls be reconciled to one another in the name of the peace of Christ. Christ demands, he, he, he demands and he commands that you and I find ways to address whatever injustices are taking place in your life, outside of your life, public and private, wherever we encounter these things in this world and resolve in the very best way you possibly can to be a part of that reconnectedness because of the icon, the image of Christ. We are concerned. We are, we are called to be concerned, not just concerned, to do something about the value of life in this world. To do something about the war-torn nations in this world. The embattled countries all across the globe. And that includes our own country as well. Why? Because it's Christ's world. Not mine, not yours. It's Christ's life that is the center of all this in this world. And holding the whole thing together. All our work for him is because of the promise. The promise. All the way back to in the last time that Jesus, the Jesus disciples saw him physically, I will send the Holy Spirit to you as an advocate, and I will be with you always to the end of the age. It's a, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible at the end of um, the Gospel of Matthew. Not only did he promise to be with, all, be with us always, but he promised to keep us safe for life everlasting. The cosmic Christ is not an abstract idea that you're going to, that you've been listening to here for these past few minutes. Conjured up, you know, some kind of new age thought. But the crucified one is who we're talking about. The one who died and the one who was ridiculed. And the one who was raised from the dead and reigns now in your hearts and in the heart of the person sitting in front of you and behind you and, and next to you. And promises again and again so that you and I will continue to be a part of this continually new creation. That's what makes Christ the King Sunday a regal Sunday. Inclusive language. That includes the reign of Christ in which you are living right now. So we're going to ask to recall the last uh, verses, the last four verses of the second lesson that was read today from the book of Colossians. And this is where I got an email from a friend last night in Boston. And he said, if you looked at tomorrow's second lesson, that really nails the whole thing right to the wall. May you be strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. So, May our gracious God fill us up with the presence of Christ. May we bear him and may we share him and may we be instruments of his peace. And now may the peace of God, which sometimes eludes our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds with a kind of faith that only Jesus can give because it moves us 
from anxiety to utter rest. Amen. Now there's the moment of power. The sacrament of holy baptism. I would like to ask mom, dad, little Joshua, Martin, Samantha, please come forward. Anybody else in the family want to come up? Come on, Xavier. Okay, we're going to put Dad right here. And we're going to put Mom right here. Samantha up here. No, Martin up here. Samantha over here. And good. Hi. Oh, well, you need to be here. Nice to see you. Is this Grandpa then? Nice to meet you. I'm glad you're here. And cousin. And co- oh, here they come. All right. Yeah, we're going to have to move around. And Okay. Would you put this over there on one of those? Thanks. Okay, we're looking good here. All I need now is a book. Good job, Pastor House, right? You don't have a book. I talk to myself. Are you okay? I just tripped on you. They make them so small sometimes. Okay. Those of you who are witnessing this today, I'm going to ask you to please turn to page 121 in the front of the other hymnal, the dark green one, so you can follow along. We have cousins up here. We not only have um, a flashing light, that just you see that? And um, Grandma and Grandpa are here too. And who's this? This is Catherine. What's the cousin? Gabriella Marie. Ooh, nice names. They're a month apart. Oh, are they really? Yes. So that would be Both March or January? Baby, yes. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to be busy, huh? <laughs> How's he doing? Oh, that, he's going to sleep, man. All right. In holy baptism, our gracious Heavenly Father liberates us from sin and death by joining us to the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are born children of a fallen humanity. In the waters of baptism, we are reborn children of God and inheritors of eternal life. By water and the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, which is the body of Christ. And we live with Him and with His people. We grow in faith and love, and obedience to the will of God. So I'm going to ask this baptismal group includes includes both sets of grandparents. This is really cool, you know, they have all this happening. I'm going to ask you, do you present Joshua E. Preto Jr. to receive the sacrament of holy baptism? If so, answer, we do. That's good. In Christian love, you have presented this child for holy baptism, you should therefore faithfully bring him to the services of God's house and teach him the Lord's Prayer, teach him the Creed, and teach him the Ten Commandments. And as he grows in years, you should place in his hands the Holy Scriptures and provide for his instruction in the Christian faith, that living in the covenant of his baptism, in communion with the church, he may lead a godly life until the day of Jesus Christ. I ask the same group, now all of you, 
Do you promise to fulfill these obligations? If so, answer, we do. We do. Now we jump to 123. I ask you to profess your faith in, the, in, in, in Christ Jesus, reject sin, and confess the faith of the church, the faith in which we baptize. So, do you renounce all the forces of evil, the devil, and all his empty promises? If so, answer, we do. Uh, the congregation will please stand. And all of us will be answering three questions. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, I don't believe in being... Oh, you may be seated. I don't believe in being cruel because the kid is sleeping, so we'll baptize him right there. You're holding him. We'll do it that way. I'm going to ask you to hold on to this, please. Thank you. That's what happens when you stand closest to... Can we get a napkin here? Oh, man. All right, Joshua. Joshua E. Preto Jr. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Blessed be our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Thanks. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for freeing your sons and daughters from the power of sin and for raising them up to new life through this holy sacrament. Pour your Holy Spirit upon Joshua, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence. Joshua, child of God, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Now, usually Dad does this, but since Dad has the baby, you're going to do this. You see, there's a candle on there. Would you light that candle from one of those candles? Can you reach it? Good job. Okay, hold that candle up high. Okay. Thanks, Dad. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. O oh God, the giver of all life, look with kindness upon the father and the mother of this child and let them ever rejoice in the gift that you have given them. Make them teachers and examples of righteousness for Joshua. 
strengthen them in their own baptism so that we may share eternally with Joshua the salvation you have given them through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Through baptism, God has made this new brother a member of the priesthood we all share in Jesus Christ, that we may proclaim the praise of God and bear his creative and redeeming word to all the world. Everyone, we welcome you into the Lord's family. We receive you as a fellow member of the body of Christ, a child of the same Heavenly Father, and a worker with us in the kingdom of God. Okay, now you can blow the candle out. And you know, everyone has a drawer in their house where all this stuff goes. And then you say, where's the pizza cutter? I can't find it. Where did it go this time? Where's that special pencil? You know, all those things that go in there. You take this um, cross, or this candle, and you don't put it in there, okay? And you put it in that box, and then, let me see. On November the 24th of 2014, you go find that. And then you light that for a few minutes and remember today. And then in 2015, 16, 17, all the way, of all the time this guy's living with you, okay? And then when he goes off into the world, make sure he takes that candle with him. And every year you light that candle and remember this beautiful day. And I don't think anybody in this day has had more fun than me. Peace be with you. I didn't introduce you to Mr. Rob Work. He's the president of our congregation who helps us out in all things like this. All right. Peace be with you. And peace be with you. And peace be with you. And we're not done yet, so you can't go anywhere. Peace be with you. Good looking. Thank you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. So good to see you. Thank you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. We have a quilting group in our church. And we see to it that all are baptized receive a quilt. You guys hang on to that, okay? Okay? Now, at the bottom of the quilt, in the last square in the middle, last row, is all the information about Joshua and where and when he was baptized. And um, our good friend... One of our brand new members, Carolyn Cade, finished that quilt up for us for, uh, for this special occasion. So we thank Carolyn and for representing the church and what you did. And thank you so much and everything that you have done, even before she became a member of the church. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you a brand new member of the body of Christ, Joshua. Okay, now we're done. Isn't that something? You're welcome. Come on down. Thank you, Rob. At this time, um, we will gratefully receive your offering. know you open the eyes 
of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to know you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Abre los ojos de mi corazón, abre mis ojos, Señor, yo quiero verte. ourselves toward the uh, bottom of page six. With the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, let us pray for the church, those in need, and all God's creation. For your faithful flock throughout the world, that in worship and service we may glorify your name and proclaim your reign, let us pray. For all things in heaven and earth, that the works of your hand always listen to your voice and testify to your greatness, let us pray. 
for the leaders of the nations that they deal wisely and execute justice and righteousness so all people may live in safety. Let us pray. For patience and endurance in suffering and your tender compassion to all who call upon you in time of need. Hear our silent and verbal prayers. Let us pray. Have mercy, O God, for gathering this assembly together again in your name and for our witness to your kingdom through loving care for one another. Let us pray. For welcoming sinners into your kingdom and in thanksgiving for all the saints who dwell with you in paradise, let us pray. Into your hands, gracious God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let's join hands with one another and pray our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May God who loves us, who gives us eternal consolation and good hope, comfort your hearts. And strengthen them in every good word, work and word. And the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you forever. Peace, Christ is with you.